Hello and hey, this is Light on the Trail podcast. On this special episode, I was lucky enough to get an interview with the owner and race director of Texas Outlaw Running, also one of the hosts of the Texas Outlaw podcast. He's a solid guy. We had a great conversation, some laughs on the way, but we also get into some deep things. It was just a, a wonderful conversation, uh, talking back and forth. I uh, hope you have an ear for this. I hope you enjoy it. I sure did. It, it was great. So without any further ado, here is Briston Rains. So a week later, I I drove up to this um, mountain in North Arkansas, just really searching for the truth. Alrighty, guys. So I'm here with Mr. Briston Rains. Uh, not only an awesome name, but an awesome guy. Oh, thanks, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, no, you're welcome, dude. That's uh, a. <laughs> do you get that a lot? I actually, yeah, believe it or not, I do. I think yesterday, two days ago at the <laughs> Fire Trail Running Festival, someone was like, one of the volunteers, they were like, that's a cool name. I'm Is like, that really your name? <laughs> yeah. I actually have four names, believe it or not. It's uh, Briston Riley, Andrew Rains. So, dude, <laughs> that's sweet. <laughs> nice, man. Um, yeah, well, that's a great, great start then. Um, I was going to ask you about that, but go ahead. If you want to introduce yourself, what do you run um, with Texas Outlaw running and everything and kind of, how's that? So yeah, my name is Briston Rains. I, I grew up and lived in Gainesville, Texas my whole life. And I went to college at Southern Arkansas university where I just graduated. Um, and during my time I started Texas Outlaw running company, which is what I do full time now. And I'm the race director and owner of Texas Outlaw Running Company. Um, I'm also, uh, I have another little side business called Rockwell Media where I do marketing for um, churches and I create like the content and post for them. And um, so I do that. I'm a husband. I got married like last year to my beautiful wife, Carly. And um, I hope I'm not missing anything. But yeah, and <laughs> obviously, which this passes me up sometime, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a pretty dedicated follower of Christ. So, yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. Yeah. I'm quite the, you know, the go-getter, I guess, is an easy way to put it. And that's what I picked up. Um, if anyone, if you listen to Texas Outlaw Running Podcast, or if you don't, you should. But that's something that kind of, and I mentioned it to you, kind of inspired me for, to kind of really launch this podcast, is that you just kind of break out and be like, yep, you know, got to thank goodness for God and Jesus. And I'm so happy for that, you know, and that, what should I do in this situation? And like, it's like, Hey man, that's like refreshing to say the least, you know? And I was like, I like that. And I was kind of going through nothing bad, but I was a little bit of a spiritual kind of journey. I work with a church at the moment, but it's been a weird, not really weird. It's just, I don't know how it's going to be until I started working there. And when you're working at church, it's not the church that we we were going to, so I don't get to be with my family. And I have a yeah. wife and two kids. And I was like, yeah. I'll see how this works out. So I've been there a couple months. And although that's a it's a great opportunity and cool to be in that, and I was thinking maybe that's where I maybe, maybe God led me to that. So I wouldn't regret it later to think like, oh, I never got to work at that church and you know, feel bad about it. So he wanted me to, you know, let me get a feel for it and see like, but I want you to be with your family and be, you know, a, a dad and a husband with them in church and how it's supposed to be. Um, so that's kind of where I am now, but it is, I kind of yep. do, um, 
pretty much like a broadcast assistant at that church because they have like a little podcast or media stuff they do and stuff. So that's kind of been my my goal. Um, but yeah, since we're on the topic, we, I usually talk about scripture I've read recently or something I've thought. Yeah. Um, and with, with having you on here, and I know you, again, are, you're proud to say anything about, you know, the good book. Um, I was like, oh man, we're going to talk about the person that haven't had like uh, a kind of a back and forth about this with a guest. Um, I've interviewed my other buddy um, who loves your races and we've talked about it. Um, Will, but yeah. um, so you mentioned this was really, I was like, well, I have to talk about this because this was really, really cool. Um, you had, I guess I would say disgruntled customers um, that were essentially trying to like sue you for uh, what's it called? False, not false advertising, but uh, making them look bad, defamatory, defamination, yeah, or defamation, yeah, defamation, yeah, right, of character. And you pretty much turned right to it. Um, but in Matthew, when it talks about if you're being sued, you know, if they want your shirt, give them your shirt and your coat. Yeah, um, I think it's where I wrote it. Yeah, five Matthew five forty. Um, you know, and it's on it's on that same the same passages where it says really the phrase turn the other cheek comes from before that it mentions, uh, you know, someone wants to slap you in the cheek, show them your other cheek. Someone wants to sue you for, you know, give them your shirt and your coat. If someone right. makes you run a mile or run two. just be, yeah. be giving. And almost that stuff doesn't matter. Almost if, if you have God anyway, you know, if you're following Jesus, you know, and then the next prayer goes right into the, you know, love your, love your enemy and your neighbor, pray for your enemy, pray for the things we get better. So, uh, I was like, dude, this guy's trying to run his business. Um, and he, he considered that at least, right. He brought it into his business, which is a, yeah. the best foundation. And, uh, was like, you know, I should take, what would Jesus do? Which is an under, an under said statement, right. It's been like on bracelets and stuff forever, but really, if you just like <laughs> take a second, what would Jesus do? Like, oh, man, he'd give him his coat too. Like, All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I think. I think um, that's been like a battle for me personally because like I want to serve God, but I also want to, you know, pursue my business because I'm passionate about business and running and I want to do that. And so that's been a battle because it's like whenever I, I, I first came to God a few years ago, um, I, I was I was like kind of thinking to myself, okay, like to follow God, does that mean to drop everything? And just like follow him and like just preach and that's it. And yes and no. Like yes, like when you when you have that moment where you decide to follow Jesus, it says it in the Bible, you know, you have to be willing to leave and drop everything for him, which I am willing to do. If he told me today to sell Texas outlaw or to stop putting on races, I would. Um, but at the same time, uh, he calls you to go out and preach and do all that. And like and for those who aren't believers that are listening, from I want you to put yourself in my shoes just for a second. Just imagine there's this almighty, powerful God, creator of the universe, and you decide, um, you, you, you find out about this God, and he is the one true, real, living God that created you, and he loves you, and he died for you. Okay, put yourself in that perspective. It's like, okay, I want to serve that God. Like I want, I want to do what he wants me to do because he knows everything. He has the best plans for me. And so during that time, I was I was like, does he want me to be an evangelist, a preacher? And, you know, I believe God has called me to be an evangelist, which is just sharing the word of God. Uh, but he also hasn't told me to lay down Texas outlaw. Um, and like there's been several times where at races or um, with people we will be talking and 
God will just get brought up. Um, I don't even bring it up. And we have pretty good spiritual conversations out there. And like, you know, just a few days ago at the fire trail, um, I got to talk with um, this person about, you know, about God and they were a Christian. And um, it's really cool to see. And I think if anything, the trail running community needs Jesus more than anything, because um, that's where the most people we find the most people that are um, slaves to their struggles and that are trying to escape through running. Um, when ultimately the only thing that will fully, truly satisfy is Jesus and, you know, and God. So. Yeah. Hallelujah, man. Yeah. Amen. That's, that's awesome. I've kind of, you kind of got like feet on the ground if you're out there putting on the race and people are like, Oh, this is the guy who, who runs, who runs it. Oh, it's, you know, so cool to meet you. You know, like now, like I'm happy to talk to you about it. Um, but that's kind of what I thought with this podcast too was, um, man, I'm really inspired. I used to be, used to do a lot of running on a stop for a little bit yeah. and, um, getting back into it this year. And I just, you know, like I'm going to do it. Like I wanted to, to get back into recording and all that stuff. And I was like, this feels great. And, um, w- and it kind of worked out too, before I started this, um, like I fasted and that was my first time fasting as well. And like for that reason, you know, to like, it's as little as like you were trying to say that there was, or I'm going to say was, but if you were thinking like, is there, is there a God or is there someone who surely someone created this and you yeah. kind of, you know, that's the first step to it. And I've heard someone put it to me like, you know, every step you take that way, you know, is, is a huge. Um, and then when you get there, you know, stay in line and it's hard and that's kind of where, you know, faith comes in and doesn't, you know, don't say it'd be easy, but, um, with this, with this podcast, that's what I, you know, hope to like, if it's just this conversation right here and somebody stumbles ac- across this and like, I'm from Texas. Oh, I've heard of that racing company. And yeah. it's like, man, that's a good word. Cause I know for me, I, you know, getting into running, I was already, um, a Christian believer and everything. It's like my pray time, my, med- my meditation, when I get out there running in the trails and it's like in the nature and it's all pretty. And it's just like, I love it. I'm like, oh, I'm so thankful I have these legs underneath me. That's usually what I say. Thank, thank you for the the air in my lungs and the legs underneath me to do this and be, you know, just have it. And uh, I was running with my daughter. It's been maybe maybe a month. It was a, it was a fun run. So there was a 5K going on. They did like a one mile fun run. And uh, she she's eight and she doesn't they don't understand like pacing. She's like, it's a race, so we're gonna sprint. She took off and I said, like, no, slow down. I'm like putting my arm in front of her to slow her down. And, uh, her side starts, she starts getting a side stitch and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, this pace, like, this is a, like, slow down. And, uh, she's kind of like me. She doesn't seem competitive. Um, it took me a long time to understand that, that I was competitive, but in a good way. Like, I think it's good to, cause it makes me want to do better. But, and, uh, she started kind of crying and wanted to stop and breathe on the way back. And I was like, you know, there's an eye like I was getting choked up and I started like, there's little kids that, that can't do this right now. Like you should feel so grateful you can do this. And like, look where, you know, me and you're running together. There, there's some kids in wheelchairs, you know, all that. And I was like, Oh man, Oh God, like choking up. And I was like, and I've had like, that's a good, you know, experience. And, uh, just to share that with her. And I was like, man, this yeah. is, this is great. So just being like appreciative and everything, but it's a, it's a very special. And like you said, I think there are some people out there that are lost to say unquote when they look into running because running is such like a can be very spiritual and like moving meditation how i've heard it put too and yep. uh, they're just kind of searching and they need they kind of need that but i think it's a great you know so thank you for for bringing that into into what you do and again just kind of joining me here man it's super cool oh yeah 
I appreciate you you having me on and also creating this podcast because I've always so thought it would be really neat to create or if there was a Christian running combo of some kind of uh, whatever whatever whether yeah, it's yeah. a running company or um like a t like I think like a Christian running T-shirt would be sweet like something that involves Christian running I think that would be really cool yeah but, yeah and I'm starting to see some more that which again the i think refreshing is a good word it's starting to come up and you know thankful to those pioneers or even what we're doing right now just spreading the word and, and making it grow and be less of a a big step for the next person to be like i'll be the only christian fitness person out there I'm like well no now there's these things and these things and all that so it's a good you know yeah. building that army to say um but yeah super again i want to say super cool is like under underrated but greatness amazing um how um and I'm, I don't know. I was going to, you're like, how old are you? Sorry. 21. 21. Okay. I was just like, I think he's like 20. Um, so yeah. And I've had longer <laughs> to, to deal with this stuff. Right. And you're already, I would say an entrepreneur. So I didn't know you had a, like a media kind of side. Um, yeah, that's, that's yeah. great. So how did, yeah. When, when did you start? Um, how young are you? I think it's about three years old or so, but yeah, when did you start it and why? And when did you like, is that the same time you got involved in running and like loving it and all that? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, it's good to have some good context before I just flat out say, you know, I did this, this, and that because the context is what made that other stuff happen is a ripple effect. Um, but since I was a kid and, um, uh, really when I started becoming a teenager, I was really interested in creating things. Um, so, like in middle school, I can remember I had the dream of owning like a big video game company that codes and makes video games like EA Sports. And I was really into like coding video games. Um, and in going into high school, um, I was starting, I started like a t-shirt company and um, just these different things. And I, I had different entrepreneurial ventures. And around that time, um, I found this guy who had a huge impact on my, on my life and he, his name was Gary Vaynerchuk and Gary Vaynerchuk is a marketer. He owns VaynerMedia. It's a million dollar, multi-million dollar company, like $200 million company. And he created content on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And as a 14, 15, 16 year old, I was watching his stuff for like a year or two straight and it motivated me and, and really, and I, and I, you know, I found other guys like David Goggins and all these other people, and it inspired me. It made me realize that um, we got this one life here on Earth, and you know, if we're on our deathbed, what are we going to say to ourselves when we die? And so I had that perspective, and in a way, still do. I had that perspective, and that kind of grounded a part of my foundation. At the same time, I was also just mediocre. I was the slowest, weakest kid on my team, middle school, high school. And I, I just kind of looked at my life and I was like, I need to, I, I want to do something greater. So I decided I was going to do either basketball or cross country. <laughs> so I kind of flipped a coin a bunch of times, but I went with my gut and went, went with running. Oh, I wow. went all in. Um, and during this time, I had stumbled across um, a YouTube video of these guys running 50 miles in the mountains uh, here in the U.S., it was a documentary. I went down this rabbit hole of ultra and trail running documentaries and I fell in love with it. Yeah. So I started yeah. signing up for my first trail <laughs> runs. I did my first um, marathon 
at 16 years old, but it, it was a trail marathon. It was called the Red River Trail Run back in uh, like 2018. And they don't do that race anymore, but the year we ran it, it had ran, it had been raining for a week straight. God. I hadn't ever done a, you know, a trail run prior to that. Um, maybe I might've done one, but so I didn't really know what to expect. I, I trained, did all my training on road and everything. Right, right. And that race ended up being, you know, six to 12 inches of mud the whole time. Um, people were dropping like flies. Like not a lot of people finished that race. A lot of people got lost. They're sending out dirt bikes to find people. Holy cow. Mile 18. I was puking my guts out. Couldn't keep anything in. Um, and I pushed through and finished that thing. And like that started like the foundation of like, um, the, the beginning of my running and really all that running, um, really taught me a lot of discipline, which carried out into my life now. Uh, but going back <clears throat> to, uh, the high school part, I, I had a goal of, I wanted to be a professional trail runner, ultra runner. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to go to Western States, do all that. And again, this is about 2018. So I, uh, kind of went all in i went in all in across country because in order to get that big goal the alpha goal i had to set beta goals um and so the first goal you know run a sub 18 5k or whatever it was go to college and run go to this qualifier run this right i had it set out and I had, all i had to do was just follow it according to plan uh, so that's what i did and I, I i trained every single day um from you know my junior to senior year my junior year I, I was working a, co- a bunch of jobs and I was working like 12 hour shifts, um, getting like six hours of sleep and then waking up super tired, um, but forcing myself to go run anyways. And I did that every single day during the summer. Senior year comes, the hard work didn't pay off. I stayed the same speed. I continued to put in the hard work though, because I had two choices. I could give up and try something else or I could keep going and I'm glad I kept going. I kept going. And I trained every single day and I kept that discipline, dude. I, I remember I would wake up and be so tired because I, I would have worked. I worked all day. I was a lifeguard at the one star casino up in Oklahoma. Um, and you sit there all day and you walk around and you do stuff, but you're tired. Dude. You're in the hot sun all day. Yeah. Um, and it's, it is, it is hard work, dude. And no breaks, maybe one 30 minute break, but you're out eight hours working parties. You're standing all day. Um, so anyways, I'm tired, dude. And but I push through, bro. I, I do it anyways because I know that nobody else is doing it. So I know if I do it, I can do something special. So senior co- year comes, I end up running really fast times, um, fast for me, and kind of in Texas really, and nothing too crazy. Um, and then I go and I email like 40, 50 different college coaches, and. Um, I found Southern Arkansas University and met all my expectations. It was a Division II. It had the degree I wanted. It was super cheap and affordable. And so I talked with the coach, and he was down, had a signing day. And that was one of my um, trophies in, in life of, like, I put in the work. I worked hard. I didn't give up, and it, and it paid off. And that – but little did I know, that ended up turning into me starting Texas Aloe Running, me getting married to the woman I – I'm going to live with for the rest of my life, um, finding my faith in Christ and forever changing my life. But, but it all started whenever I was 16 and I decided that I was going to go all in on running. And it was a one moment thing. I, I thought about it and I just did it and I stuck with it. And it all started from then. 
So, um, but getting back to like how I started Texas Outlaw running, um, I remember <clears throat> going into my freshman year of college, I was running, um, during the summer, I would run with group runs with team dirt and vert up near North Dallas area, um, like McKinney area. And, uh, one of the guys asked me, I think his name's Kieran. I think that's how you pronounce it. He asked me, he was like, what do you want to do? You know, after you graduate, um, and I told him I was going to go to college and I told him that I wanted to do something like either race directing, coaching. I wasn't really sure. Um, freshman year of college comes and I am in class. I was in my microeconomics class and I was sitting there and all of a sudden this thought of, um, a running company came to my head and I was writing down names while he was lecturing and I wrote down a bunch of different names. And then I, I walk over to my dorm room and I put my key in my door. And as soon as I do, this whole company idea comes at the time it was Texas devil running company, believe it or not. That was the name originally Texas devil running company. And it was races, content, coaching, and apparel all in one company. I wanted it to be a one-stop shop for running. So I wrote it down. I, I still have the notebook. I wrote down everything in the notebook and um, hopefully you can't hear that back there. Do you hear it? Okay. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so anyways, I, I'm writing down everything down and I take that discipline from running and I put it towards this company. And so like, I, I didn't go out to any social events. My, my life was strictly, uh, running business or running school business. And the business was this, and this was it. And I was all in. So literally what my days would look like is I had this mirror in front of me in my dorm room and I had, um, uh, sticky pads, notepads. And I would put these little sticky notes on there with everything I had to do. And I would put all my schoolwork on Monday and Tuesday. And then um, everything else I would dedicate towards um, working um, on, on the business. And so I, w- I would have like practice. And when I would wake up, you know, I'd go to practice and then I would come back and take that sticky note off. And it was literally like I was like a machine. Like I, I, pro- my mind, during that period was like a machine. I, um, I did not go outside of that schedule. So like I would finish all my homework Monday and then Tuesday I would force myself to create and work from, um, after practice, after school and all that, um, going to classes. And I would force myself to do that till 10 o'clock at night. And so I would be working on stuff for, for eight to 10 hours every single day. And I did not go outside that. I maybe had a few rest hours just to kind of celebrate the work I put in. Uh, but I would get invited to, you know, events, hanging out with people. And every now and then I would go, like, I would be like, okay, I'm going to go out this evening and I would go do whatever and hang out with people. But I was like a robot, man. Um, and that ultimately set the foundation. That's where I created my website. That's where um, I created the races I have now, the big ones, you know, Chupacabra, East Texas Ultra, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the really big races. So I, uh, I I started that, and my first race was going to be in my hometown, Gainesville, called the Cook County Patriot 5K. And so it's my only road race I've, I really have. You started with a 5K? Um, yeah, started with nice. a little 5K. I was 18 years old at the time. And um, I remember I put, you know, flyers all out. We probably had 75 people. No, hey, hey. Maybe, maybe it was like 50 50 people, 50 to 75 people, somewhere around there. And, uh, I, I, I looked at what other people were doing to figure out what to do. Um, and 
I created that race and um, we ended up putting it on. And I remember um, being so excited that like I was able, cause we had like a little bit of leftover profit. Um, right, I was like, able to like take some cow. money yeah. and buy, yeah, I, I was <laughs> able to like, I didn't pay myself, but I was able to take money and like buy a tent. Like that was big for me. Um, and so the next race after that was my first trail race I put on called the Chupacabra. How I knew how to put on a race was because I would go and I would look at um, other companies and what they were doing. So like uh, trail racing over Texas, um, Aravipa, uh, Aravipa, the race director there, Jamil Curry, he has a YouTube video on um, day in the life of race directing. That's how I figured out what what to use for course signage what kind of tents do you use nice what what all do you need at the aid station for people to get through um and i would look at char racing over texas and i would zoom in and i would go back to old photos i said i would see you know what did they start with for their start and finish line oh they had two metal poles on a backdrop banner and a their sign yeah, up there yeah, right just what they could do yeah right and and i just i, I plugged it all in together and, I, and that's how i figured out what to do and my first trail race was a Chupacabra 50 and it was a 50K. I think we had 30 people. Um, and I, I broke even on that race. But, you know, I was able to buy like another tent, you know. Yeah. Buy some water coolers, the you know. The are moving. You've got like progression going and, and yeah. getting into it. And yeah, but it was exciting. Yeah. You know, I was able to get two more tables. Um, <laughs> and, you know, keep in mind, like I, I was excited and the creation experience and creating something and being in something that I'm passionate about and love. And I was able to impact other people's lives and it was just fun. And honestly, at the time when I started it, yeah, it's a company, it's for profit. But at the time it was just fun to do. Um, and I, I, I did races in months when I wasn't in school. That's the only time I could do. Them. So in a way school was restricting. Um, but man, I just, I, I was just having fun with it. It was like a hobby to me. Um, and so I put on a couple races, dude, and, uh, I put on races again last year for a second time. Um, and during that time I was living in a house in Fayetteville. So me and a couple cross country buddies decided to get a house in Fayetteville, Arkansas, which is beautiful. There's Ozark, it's Ozark mountains and all that. Oh, wow. So we decided to move there and live there for three months. So I was part-time lifeguard, uh, or really full-time. And then I was also doing Texas outlaw races and, um, then again, I was, you know, just grinding same, same discipline, same grind mode. Um, and I decided, I was like, okay, if we want to go all in, like if I'm going to grow this thing, I need more races. So that's where I created a bunch of races like Noche, like the fire trail running festival, um, all these summer races. And that's where I created them where they all kind of started um was from my kitchen table in our airbnb uh, monthly rental that we were in and <laughs> i would just work days and days on these right. things any free time i got i was working on the race because you were passionate on. about it you wanted to do that it was right fun yeah. for you you're it's your baby yeah it was easy it was easy to do it wasn't hard i but it you know there was times where it would hit me like man this sucks but i would like blast music and just get to work <laughs> um and I would grind that out and, and that just kind of carried over and, um, and turned into what it is now. And, um, right before uh, about middle of my freshman, my first semester of college when I was a freshman, I 
was in search of the truth. Um, I wasn't sure about life and the world, and and I wanted to know um, kind of what was next. I, I was going to this one ministry and on for our college campus, and <clears throat> I would hear them preach, and I would just think in the back of my head, why are they not telling me how they know God's real, how they know the Bible's accurate? And I would get kind of upset, upset with them in my head. And I would just look at them and just be like, why aren't you t- like, like you got this mythical God figure. Why? And you're not telling me how he's real. So how do you expect me to like believe or even grow and start? And so right, right. I went on this journey of, of searching for truth. And I went first with the resurrection of Jesus. And um, I found out, you know, he had hundreds of witnesses. The moment he died, his faithful followers ran away and fled because they were scared. And then after he rose resurrected, supposedly they went from hiding and scared to confident and all dying for their faith. And none of them said, Oh, it's just a lie. We were just kidding. Oh, um, you know, uh, we, we just all decided to say that he was right. He, right. he, he rose from the dead and we're just, we're going to stick with like, they, they all die gruesome deaths. Um, one was pelted by rocks to death. One was mm-hmm. sawed in half. I want to say, and then one was crucified on the cross upside, upside down. Upside down. Yes, sir. And their dying breath was, was like, um, we're not their, lying. The <laughs> last word. Yeah, yeah. Their last words were, you know, you know, Jesus rose from the dead. And that made me realize this person rose from the dead. He is God. Only a God could say, I'm going to rise from the dead in three days, die, and then rise from the dead in three days. If 300 people came in and stabbed me, no problem. Judge would rule. Yeah, you got stabbed. That's plenty of proof. 300 witnesses written this Jesus rising from the dead and interacting with him and, and, and touching him and eating with him and him physically being there. And then him ascending into the heavens. Right, right. And it's all recorded. And then you say, oh, okay, well, what about the Bible? Is the Bible accurate? And you go and you look into the Bible and you realize that it's the most accurate ancient manuscripts that we have on earth. We have more proof that Jesus exists than Plato. Um, and, and the figure of this of this book who, who was preaching in a small town, who, who was born in very humble beginnings, he impacted the world and he has the most books written about him he has the most impact on the world out of any figure in the entire earth um and so i i i found out the validity of the manuscripts i really dug i really looked into it and then it made me look okay this thing's real okay what about um catholicism or like what what are you supposed to follow right right and so i looked into all that and i i quickly realized um, that, that God was real. And and then I was confronted with a question. Someone said, Briston, you know, you have to choose God or the world. You can't have both because I was hanging on to both. And in that moment, I realized that I had friends, music, ways I was living that I would have to give up in return for the kingdom of God, serving the creator of all things and having him in my life. So a week later, I I drove up to this um, mountain in North Arkansas, just really searching for the truth. And I was on this mountaintop, and I just felt the peace of God come over, and I felt absolute peace. And I was like, 
there, you know, I, was, I knew the evidence was all in God's favor and that he was real and that he was here. And so on, in that moment, I gave him everything. I gave him um, the way I talked because I used to cuss a lot. Um, and call, not like a lot, but I would cuss, you know. Gotcha. I, I would cuss. Uh, I was listening to music that was not of God, that was talking about living in this in this lifestyle Simple that doesn't glorify and... God. Um, I, I gave up, um, you know, talking to all these girls and all that. And I gave up my entire lifestyle. And in that moment, um, I realized I did what I had to do and that I gave it all to God. I was shortly baptized short. I was baptized shortly after. And ultimately what had happened in my life is I came to realization of this, of this God and it forever changed my life, but I was no longer a slave to my struggles. Um, the chains were taken off my feet and I was no longer bound or struggled to them. And, and obviously, and you know, after that, I still had falls. I still had temptations. I still have to like, even human, now, humanity. Yeah. Yeah. But like now I can say like, I'm not perfect. I, you know, people say that and they don't give full context. You are perfect if you're in Christ because Christ is perfect. And so we're not technically perfect, but we are in Christ because his blood right. covers everything. Uh, but like, you know, I don't fall into sin anymore on purpose because I fear God because I acknowledge that he's real He's the almighty God. If I, if I go against him and rebel, then, um, I, I have his, his wrath is upon me. That's just right. as plain as it is. But at the same time, at the same time, which is amazing. I had a, I had a period where I had kind of fallen away from God after that. He still loved me and took me back. Because, you know, the parable of the lost son, where the son runs away and he's living in filth after just being in glory with the father, he runs away and then he comes back and the God and then the father, which is God, embraces him. He's like, my son is back. Give him the best meal, a golden ring. And that's what it was kind of like for me because I had kind of fallen back away from God. I kind of lost my faith a little bit. I had fallen back into sin um, about a year into this all. And then I, I came back, I bounced back and I still struggled. I still, you know, struggle yeah. with certain things, but ultimately God ended up setting me free from all those. And now it's just little things, man, little things that God, I feel like God's correcting me on, but back to the main story here. Um, <laughs> I, that think, happened, I think that's man. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that moment happened in my freshman year. I was putting, adding more races. Um, and then ultimately I kind of felt convicted. Uh, the name of the company was Texas devil running company. I and have that I written down. I was going to ask you when I was doing my my due diligent research, and yeah. I was going through your YouTube and stuff, and I was like, "Oh, he's been he's been grinding literally." And like what you were talking about um, on this episode, today's Monday, but this will come out in a week later or so. But um, you and Asher were talking about like grinding and getting after it, but you have to give yourself that time and like space to do stuff. But I was going back and looking, and I was like, "Oh, this is two years later," and then I noticed that the logo said Texas Devil Running, and I was like, "That is interesting." Cause I, yeah. I know the man, um, you know, will say, say some good words, you know, and, and praise God. And I, I bet he changed it because he was like, man, I can't have the word devil in my, in my company name. That's exactly what happened, man. I, I was like, which my mom told me from when I started <laughs> it, she was like, you got to change it. And she ended up being right as moms are, uh, most of the time. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I ended up changing it and, uh, 
and I, I was playing around with the names, but Texas Outlaw I think sounded the best, so I stuck with it. And uh, um, yeah, I dig it. So now it's <laughs> it's been like that. Literally, I, I want to say I changed it. It was pretty early on when I changed it too, man. I think it was before the Chupacabra race I changed it. Maybe it was after, um, like my first one. But I changed it in 2020, 2021. Okay. I changed it. I started it in 2020. I changed it in 2021, and it's it's gonna be like that for forever. So, um, yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> now well, here that we I'm are. graduated, <laughs> yeah. Now that I'm graduated, I have time to put on more races and um so i have a race every month that i've decided that you know i'm going to do a race every month the second saturday or the second weekend of every month um and i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with that uh but you know something that i've picked up on and learned is that was great for my foundation and you've probably heard me talk about this on my podcast but that grind and that work was great for the foundation when i started you know i was single i didn't really have many any relationships that was great but now i'm married I, you know i got a family and um i i realized that um your you know family has to you know you got your faith but family has to be the second priority over yeah. your whatever you want to do your job yourself all that um comes god first then family then whatever you want to do right and so I, I, I quickly realized that. And I think if, after marrying Carly, we've been married for almost a year now. Um, I've done a, I've done really well. So like I'll grind from nine to five, 10 to five, um, eight to five, whatever. And, but once five, five thirty hits, I stop. I'm cooking. Carly comes home. We spend all evening together. Yeah. And that's, that's how it is now. And like, I, I'm not going to, you know, um, I'm not going to go out of that. It's yeah. the important stuff. It's um right. It's priorities, like being responsible yeah. for your priorities and acknowledging w- that you need to shift things or when they do need to move around. And I I strongly agree with yeah, faith and then family. We weave those together, man. That's like that's a heck of a basket, and that can carry anything. Yeah. And um, yeah. anything else can fall in behind it. You know, if you can bring your family and faith into it, or a hobby like a running company, or a podcast like we're trying to do. I literally kind of built this around the idea too when I was first starting this and and going through some stuff that I was having a problem. I've went through school to try to pursue um, audio. I've done like been on, on radio stuff and all that. And something that I've ran into is I felt strongly that what if I get in with a, a media company or a company that needs someone to help us produce whatever this is and it is not godly. It's not something that I agree with. I was like, oh man, like I'm not, uh, what if I do all this, if I grind and get after it and put in this time and I build, you know, work on my resume, I get in with a company and, um, and ha- a strongly amount of that, I was either trying to get into something like post audio post-production or, um, sound design for video games actually. Um, also, yeah. So all the people who make the sounds for guns or monsters and stuff in the video games. And I was trying to learn some, some coding too for that. And it was super hard. And, um, the game industry is, is pretty toxic. I come to realize, and a lot of it is not, not from a godly place. Yeah. And I just like, I'm not, I'm going to feel so bad. I'm not going to like that if I get there and I thought this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. And it's always going to be nagging at me. Like, man, these people, uh, you're kind of help building this wrong foundation of this place or spreading a wrong word and things like that. And so 
I, I kept having an idea of trying to start like, well, you won't you do it dip your toe in and try to maybe if I can build like just a, a post-production kind of thing with the focus on good, you know, godly foundations yeah. and for him and all that. And then that would probably be attractive to other people too. Like, you know, voice actors or something. They're just like, well, I wanted to record here, but I don't really, you know, they support this stuff or whatever it is. And then, so that's kind of the same, kind of the same feel that's funny with video games too. And then into this. So, uh, man, I feel you. Yeah. And having yeah. the priorities in line and, and doing all that. Um, you were telling me before, uh, with that's awesome with the races. I was going to ask you about, cause I know you've got like the ultra championship stuff going on too, but how was the, that, that, uh, fire trail race was like a couple days ago. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much yesterday for me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that night races are something else, man. Um, my first all nighter was last summer at the fire, first fire trail running festival. It was my first ever time staying up all night. And oh man, <laughs> um, that went down yesterday and it was great, man. We had twice the amount of people as a year before. Um, we had live music, um, which was really nice. I had my buddy from uh, Nashville, Tennessee come and he performed and it it was great sweet it sounded great man and um it was hot humid bro we had people yeah people dropping um <laughs> dnfing because oh, no. it was just so hot and humid and it was a great race man so many people uh finished we had a, i think a few run, run like the first ultra marathons which is always like awesome because your first one's the one you're gonna remember forever um, yeah and yeah, it was crazy. It was busy, dude. Aid station was getting slammed. I felt bad for our volunteers. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah. Um, we had, dude, volunteers is a struggle. That's something I've been working on. We did better this round. Um, but like for, for our races, like we struggled to get volunteers like a lot. Um, like we can get a few and that works fine. Um, a question I have, to, I was going to ask ahead. that same thing is um, just since you're mentioning it, is how do you view volunteers now that you're a race director? versus when you were like when you would run races and i assume yeah. you have a higher appreciation for them when i first started dude i mean yeah i was like 15, 14 15 16 so i i just kind of thought oh they're part of the club that puts us on you know uh, right right just... guys, you know i'd run off and you know <laughs> like like back then like um yeah i i didn't really know what to think about them um but now i realize like no like a lot of the volunteers are not really a part of the organization. They're people who say, Hey, I'm going to go from two to 8 AM and make peanut butter sandwiches. And you know, and it's, <laughs> it's like a big dedication. Like these people I had this one girl, um, or this one lady, she came out and ran the race. And then she woke up like six, seven hours later to come back out and pick up all the course markings. And I'm like, like people <laughs> go through like mental and physical strain to, put these races on and, and they are being paid like they truly are because yeah we give them race credits and you're like oh it's just race credits but like for example one of my volunteers she's come to a bunch of our races she's gonna sign up for races in the future and so by her volunteering she got you know a free race entry and now she just saved a hundred dollars that she would have spent so she really made a hundred right right that yeah so you are making you like you're as a volunteer, you are getting paid for your compensation, but I think even more you're getting, not only do you get benefits, but you're getting, you're, you, I feel like you're paying your due in a way, like like as a human being, as a person, 
whenever you go out and you do something and you volunteer when you don't have to, it gives you a sense of, I feel like joy and fulfillment. And, um, it's more than just like what you can get, but it's like, how can I, how can I serve up it? Uh, serve yeah. other people. Yeah. And I mean, my first two years of race directing, I was a volunteer. Like, I didn't, <laughs> That's I didn't a good pay way to look at it. First yeah. two years, dude. I did not pay myself. Obviously, you know, I am now because I, I just graduated. I have a family to support. We got bills to pay. But like when I first started, dude, I was a volunteer race director. I didn't you know? That's, that's a, how wow, a lot of yeah. people start. <laughs> wow. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I didn't think about it that way. That's great. I know you have, um, which I had, I like, I didn't think about this now. I don't know why, but that's something it is fulfilling when you get to volunteer and like serve and you're kind of in that community and those are your people, man, you want to help them out and it kind of fills you up in a different way. Um, if I can, man, I would love to come volunteer for the, the Noche. That's your, it's like in a few weeks, right? Yeah. 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 Volunteering. I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing. Like as far as like, whenever you're helping somebody out, like I, I can't stress it enough to our volunteers. Like I feel like I can't thank them enough. Um, and I really, I, I truly mean that. Like I don't have, I feel like I don't have enough words to say to fully explain or express to them how thankful I am for them. Because if they weren't there, dude, I would have my hands tied, dude. I wouldn't be able to, you know, or I, I wouldn't be able to put on a quality race and that would cause these runners to not have a good experience. They, and it causes them not to. It reflects um, on you. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I think more importantly, it reflects on the runners because that could be the difference between them finishing or not and them running the farthest distance they've ever ran or not. Oh, between yes, yeah. a volunteer being there or not. And so volunteers are just like, they're super helpful. And then obviously, like, it's not just like, oh, you come volunteer and that's it. You volunteer, you, like, I give away race merch, like, or not race merch, but merch. Like, I got hats, all kinds of stuff. You can have, I'll give you one if you're volunteering. If you're um, volunteering, yeah, you get your race credits. So you could come out to come run a race, you know? And yeah, dude, it's uh, it's great. It's a big deal. You're right, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, awesome, man. Let me see. And that's out in Junction, right? Coming on the 15th? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that The, the Noche is, is pretty intense. Um, it's an intense race as far as putting it on and running it. Um, like for the participants because it's super rocky and I think it's harder than people expect you get you know you get back for your third loop at 2 a.m you're tired there's not a lot of people out there um, it's super it's pitch black and you don't want to go out for another third third loop for another 13 mile loop and so um, it's extremely difficult because that last loop gets up buddy and you know like you're about to go up this giant hill it's the biggest hill of the race it's like I want to say to 300 foot or something um and it's a difficult race it's harder than people expect it's super rocky like the whole thing's not the whole thing but majority of it's rock rocky rough slick, <laughs> like slick rock like you put a you put your foot down and it could slide or something dang it takes focus and uh <laughs> and durability to get through all that yeah. i'm sure you're right dang yeah that would i'll have to because i know my um Again, Will, uh, a buddy of mine, um, he, he's going to that. And yeah. uh, I was, yeah, I was like, dude, I could, that'd be a great experience. Just again, just to be there and be around everybody. I'd love to help people. Um, yeah. If I can tag along with him and, and get 
uh, get the okay from work because it is kind of soon coming up. But that'd be great. I can come with him and and uh, and go volunteer up there. Um, sweet. Let me. So what? Speaking of of races and locations too, this is something I thought about. So as a race director in Texas, like where is your favorite place to put on a race or that you find is the most like funnest (laughs) as, as for a race for other participants or, or or what do you look for when you're putting on a race that you're like, man, they're going to love this. This is going to be like awesome. Yeah. So, so what I do is whenever I'm looking for a place to put a race on what I did, um, two years ago as I took every state park and I put it on a, on a sheet. I put, does it have a race there? Yes or no. You know, if it has a race there, leave it alone. If it's a super small race, like a 5k or something, okay, I'll consider it. Um, does it have more than four to four and a half miles of trail? Um, and then I have it like rated on, on scenery one out of 10. And what I did is I took the scenery one like if it checked all the other boxes, I would look at the scenery. If it had like, if it was just beautiful out there, um, and the trail system was like long, I look for you. Like, is it a beautiful trail system? Um, like, are, are there are the views scenic, and is are, are there long trails? Um, and that's how I found like Noche, for example, um, which is thirteen mile loop. It's beautiful out there. And so I called all these state parks and I would like say, Hey, can I put a race on here? Yes. Okay. We'll go through with deciding the event application, everything like that. Um, and then I look for, um, to put on races that are uncommon or not, there's not a lot of, so like, um, one year I put on like the Texas Diablo marathon, which we don't continue with anymore, but it was the hardest marathon in Texas. It was a trail marathon at the grasslands. It was all sand. And, um, it started at noon in July and And, um, we put that race on, um, we don't do it anymore just for like safety reasons. Like our values have changed since then. Um, I've matured a little bit since then. And so it's just, it it doesn't align with my, my values or anything like that. So we stopped doing that one. I, I would only put that on if I had the, uh, more resources too. Um, but I think the best race, my favorite race we put on is like the Chupacabra for sure. The Chupacabra 50, just because it's, it's this weird mix of canyons, but also still like kind of North Texas scenery and greenery a little bit. Um, and it's like red clay. So it's like the only place that I've seen that's red clay canyons with green greenery. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not just dirt. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's really pretty and we've, added a lot since like the beginning and um added to the quality of it and that's kind of what these all are like each year the braces just get better and better quality like now we have two full lead stations at the chupacabra 50 um whereas before it was just like water stations um and one main aid station but that's my favorite race uh, not only because it's my first race but because it's a beautiful race um it's very well supported as far as like um, supplies go and, and and then you know you get not a lot of people do this, but you get a buckle if you do the 50 mile race. Um, and that's super yeah. unique for, uh, for, for a race to do that. Cause not a lot of 50 mile races do that. So, right. It's not, not a buckle, just a usually a regular kind of metal and a shirt or something. Yeah. Like, the buckles are, buckles are sweet. They're definitely, yeah. uh, you know, a metal is nice. Of course you do it more or less for the, mostly for the experience and improve yourself and the discipline and everything. Um, you're like, Oh cool. If I get a shirt, awesome. Or a metal tube or like a buckle is, 
Yeah. Especially in Texas. Right. That, that, that fits pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh my gosh, what was gonna um do you get to I see you on a on Strava, you're cruising on your your bicycle a lot. Yeah. Do you get to run? I mean, when, when's the last race you did? Like not when you're own, but like do you you do ultras or what like what kind of distance do you do with your training? Yeah, so uh with college running, it's been difficult to do anything that I <laughs> wanted to do. Like by now I probably would have run like a hundred K or hundred mile race if it wasn't for cross country kind of being in the way. Um but uh, I, I, 20, yeah, 20, I don't remember what year it was, but actually it just popped up on my Strava, but two years ago today, I ran my first 50k, um, which was in Fayetteville and that one was pretty low key. The guy that marked it, it was like a free race or he showed up at this guy's backyard and marked <laughs> it with like chalk and stuff. Dude. Yes. It's called a Fayetteville 50k. Um, it's on Facebook is how you find out about it. That's it. <laughs> but it's a cool race. It's beautiful out there. Um, so I ran that and then after that I got caught up with training and, and races. So I haven't been at it between that race and now I haven't been able to, you know, train up or get ready for a big race just because cross country was in the way. I just got done with that. Um, I had an injury pop up, so I've been training on my bike. Uh, but I'm signed up for the Lake Murray fifty K in October and then I'm hoping to do Grasslands fifty miler um in March which they turned that they added 100 miles to that one but i'm hoping to do the grasslands 50 sweet um, i've heard good things March about the lake kind of, yeah yeah i'm looking forward to it i was born in ardmore oklahoma so um kind of i don't know it's kind of sentimental in a way is like that's the place i was born uh, and i haven't ever been on the trails out there and yeah i lived oh, in gainesville man. 45 minutes away i never <laughs> knew it was really there but um yeah i'm looking forward to that one so awesome dude yeah. Yeah. That sounds exciting. I'm definitely, I'm doing my, so this year is mostly what I've been digging into and back into running. And, um, cause I used to do a lot of like obstacle course racing, but I've always been like intrigued by like the distance when you hear somebody same rabbit hole, you went down like, dang, they ran over a marathon. Like, what's that? Like, Oh, 50 miles. Yeah. This guy runs a hundred. What the heck is a Moab two forty? Like, are you, that's bananas. Like it's crazy. And, uh, which is very attractive to me. Right. I love the self-discipline and the people pushing themselves and, using their bodies that they're, they're given to this, like to these crazy abilities and stuff. So I've got, I ran my first marathon this year as well. It was kind of for my, um, uh, my, I turned 30 this year and I'm going to get back into running. So it was like two days after my birthday. It was like perfect. Um, so I've got my first night race is in a, in like a month and a half. Um, and it's a 54 K it's like 33 miles or something. That's going to be my next longest distance and like night race. So I'm like, it's been a, it's been a really, really cool year and interesting but i'm I'm super excited for that uh definitely and the night races are especially now that it's getting hot it's a good idea um all right i've got a few we can do like a like a lightning i want to say lightning round but some quick uh one or two a or b kind of questions here um to round it out i think it'll be fun and kind of pick your brain with um all right so do you rather are you uphill or a downhill guy uh i'm definitely uphill and I, I do want to give a little explanation on this because it's great. Okay. I, I found that running, because I, I lived in Fayetteville where it's very hilly. Um, and I found that running hills increases your breathing um, and also makes you stronger. And so I, I ran the fastest ever 5K I've ran two months after just training in the hills. Um, and it would be slow, you know, 12 to 16 minute pace climbs up these things. 
think. Yeah. But you could you definitely saw the the benefits of it. And that's what I've heard too. Just find some hills and get after them, and it really helps you with your yeah your strength and everything. Once a week, not yeah. all the time. If you do it all the time, then you're gonna spend yourself. Find some find find an energy or injury quick probably. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for feeling, are you going for like a gel or a chew kind of thing? Uh, for fuel, fueling, I just do like solid whole foods. So like you like solid pickles, yeah. oranges, bananas. So really nice, nice tea, black tea. See black tea. It's a black and sweet. Un- yeah, black and while, sweet. Tea. While you're running or on your bike. Yeah, it's just oh, for like the caffeine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, awesome. Oh, uh, and um, for like electrolytes and stuff, I do uh, body armor. Oh yeah, yeah, I like water. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, hot weather or cold weather? You prefer? Cold for sure. Hot's miserable. <laughs> really? Yeah. Dang. I think I almost put wind in here because I've I've you know kind of ran or like trained out in both. If it's not stupid, stupid hot or stupid, stupid cold, you know, like I'll do it. But I really dislike wind, even if it's not a headwind. If it's like on the side, you can't like hear stuff if you're trying to listen to anything or be aware of your surroundings, and it's just like the wind is super aggravating to me i like um, the hot warm wind yeah or not, yeah. yeah the hot, hot warm winds like that's why i like biking so much now because it's oh you're like cool yeah is. yeah you're creating yeah. a breeze uh early morning or like a late evening run um i like getting stuff done early so that way you have the rest of the day to chill and check the box off early and be like i did it you know way to yeah. go yeah. all right uh this one doesn't really matter. Well, I wrote it down anyway. Um, for as far as like a hydration vest or brand, Ultimate Direction or Nathan? Um, I personally, I got Patagonia vest, which is pretty unique. Um, it is, but actually. <laughs> actually, I do got a handheld water bottle that's a Nathan. Yeah, I think I think Nathan's might be the better out of the two. So hmm, interesting, and that's what I just like kind of thought about, and I was like, yeah, I'll throw a brand in here. All right, and a uh, near near and dear to my heart. More of a, a cake guy or like pie? Pie. Dude, yes. All right, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pie's where it's at for sure. Uh, dude, this has been great. Thank you so much for uh, for sharing your time and giving me all this great inform- information here. Um, you know, sharing stories with us on here, being a little vulnerable, vulnerable, talking about, you know, God and everything and how you started up your business. Um, this is super interesting. Yeah, I'm excited to, to share this with everybody else, man. Is there anything else um, you want to say or let people know where they can find you and, and all that good stuff? Yeah, first off, I appreciate it. I, I don't get a lot of I, – I don't think I've been on somebody else, else's podcast since like high school, um, <laughs> so like three years. So I really appreciate you like reaching out and having me on. It's been super cool because yeah. I don't always get to talk about everything like that. So, um, But yeah, I mean, as far as me personally – it's Preston Rains on Instagram, Facebook, the Texas Outlaw Running. It's on everything. You, you can type it, type it in the Google. It'll pop up. Yep. Um, Texas Outlaw Running. Yeah. Awesome. I will say that hat. Um, I saw you're. I see you're wearing one of those the newer ones, like the with the, like the leather patch. Those yeah. are sweet. Um, yeah. You have an older one that's got like kind of the logo, but like the side profile of somebody running in the desert, and it's like black and red and orange and all that. Yeah, those you are, like that. The patch. Those are sick too. Yeah, I was like, dude, yeah. like. He's got to figure it out. Get those remade, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we just we just went out of stock on those. But funny funny story about that. That's actually a picture of me from whenever I was an outline of me from whenever I was running in high school, um, and so my friend was biking beside me and he took a picture of me oh, as a side profile. And so I went and threw it into like Adobe Illustrator and like drew around it. Made the like profile I'll, of it. 
yeah, and a lot of stuff you'll see with Texas Outlaw, I designed and made as far as like the art, um, because I I can do that stuff. Yeah, so like yeah. the Fire Char Running Festival, for example, like the little logo and stuff, like I made that logo and, sweet. Yeah, it's like a little fire, yeah. but like twisty kind of. Yeah. yeah. So I'll I'll make a lot of that stuff, but sometimes I outsource. Like this logo we got right now, this Texas Outlaw Running Company logo um, with the red and the guy running it. That I got that. Um, few years ago from a guy on like fiber for like 15 bucks or something fiber's magic yeah Yeah. (laughs) a place of wonder for sure man yeah thank you so much man bless you bless your wife bless y'all's relationship and your business man thank you for doing what you're doing buddy and uh yeah hopefully i'll see you out there on noche dude yeah i'll see you soon at something i'm sure (laughs) definitely all right bud all right thanks man